right? So oh. if we're, if we're going to say if we're going to say if we're going to say a level 4 is totally committed all in mm-hmm. and a level 1 is, you know, half in half out. Mm-hmm. Where, where would you rank your level of commitment with this organization? I think for the most the the most part I was level 4. Mm. Yeah. So maybe towards the end, not so much, but yeah, for most of my years, that was level four. Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast or to tell your story, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Aldo B. Martin. Yeah. So, so, and, and I think it's important. The reason I asked that is because <clears throat> I really want the audience to understand that um, Liz here is not some disgruntled person, mm-hmm. not, not some person that has this anger towards this group, towards the church, not this person who's on a revenge tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you know, now that I think of it, I think we've been friends longer as former members than we were as members. Yeah, probably. Right? right? Yeah. So we're in the stage of our lives where uh, our post-church lives are actually longer than our during church lives, which is really interesting to me. I mean, that's the I, thing I really that know. I take from all of that, all of it is that there were there's so many good people I met. I, I, that part, I, I have to admit, right? Mm-hmm. For all the weirdos. There were some really great people that, but, and relationships that came out of it. And it really that's was. because, you know, I don't know if it's anything to do with anything, but it's just, I have to say that, you know what I mean? I have some lifelong friends who I can, I trust and believe in, in whatever. Um, we don't, we don't live under this, that guys or lifestyle anymore, but we're just, you know, I really, I did take from that some, some good people. That means that there were good people there. That's what I will say about that. It wasn't and, and- all bad, but there was, you know, there was, some really some things were really wrong but you know there were some good people there yeah I, I, thank you for saying yeah. that because because there 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 really were they, yeah. there really were and i know i've said this in, in in previous episodes and i'll probably say this in some future episodes and i'll say it now people really have a negative view on people that weren't members of cults like they mm-hmm. see it on the news you know they see whatever events have happened or transpired of the x past x amount of years and they think that you know, we're stupid and gullible and, right. and, and wicked people, you know, and, yeah. but that's, that's not the case. You know, we're just regular, normal people that are looking for something at regardless of whatever age on mm-hmm. a side note, is your mom still a member? Yeah. I was just going to say she is. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that part. <laughs> yeah. I she didn't is. know that part. <laughs> Has you leaving the church had an effect on the relationship with your mom. If you don't want to get into it, we don't mm-hmm. have to, but I didn't know that she was still a member. Yeah, I mean, especially early on, yes. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it was more like this, what are you thinking? Well, how did you leave the kingdom? All these like things, right? But I, I think so much time has passed. And I mean, I, I've been on a journey trying to, you know, figure out who I am as a person. And at this point, we're really close, but um, she no longer tries to invite me to church or anything like that. That just doesn't happen anymore. Um, so, 
Wow. I, you know, that's, that's done. I think that it, the, the most awkward stage was the beginning when I first left and her not understanding why. And what you, what year did, did you leave? Do you remember? 2003. 2003. So this is around the infamous letter. Yes, it is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. I do have a question about uh, kind of pertaining to the point about your mom still being part of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes back also to uh, there. there is a kind of a common thread uh, in regards to what would you say? Not benefits, but the um, the positive sides to having had this experience what is the percentage of people that um that you remained very very close with and met through this that are not with the church any longer are are a majority of those people still members as well that are that you became very close with or a lot of them left Oh no. Um, so who I'm so close with within the church is my mom. And, mm-hmm. um, and then my, I actually have a really good friend who's a part of that church, but then I will say that. And then my sister, but my mm-hmm. sister and my friend are part of a breakaway <laughs> version of this church. So I don't mm-hmm. even know if you consider it the same, um, mm-hmm. but it's really my mom. Um, and then actually, oddly enough, I started working um, when I started working at this company, I met someone who I hadn't seen since I was, around that age, 14, and she's still a part of it. Um, and mm-hmm. I've, it was weird, but I, I have maintained contact with her. I'm not close to her, but I'm just, that was, it was actually a positive time for me when I was younger. So that yeah. everything to that early start of, you know, my life when I was in high school, that was more like, uh, sort of like a mentor or someone like that. So I, I did stay in touch, but I would say percentage wise, it's probably like less than, it's probably 1% or something. It's nothing more than really my mom. Go, and, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, from from an outsider's perspective, uh, I I see all of you as people that uh, I don't mean this in a bad way, but you came to your own senses, going, "Hey, oh, yeah. there's something off about this." So, what what I'm curious of is, are the people that you ended up surrounding yourself with that were part of that organization? Did they also do the same thing? Did they go? Oh, yeah. Or, or or are there people that are like, oh no, I know fifty people that still do it, and I'm super close with them. Like that's hard for me to visualize. You know? What I, no, you know, I don't. I don't know anyone who's left and is like that. I that gotcha. I haven't seen. And the other thing is, I will say, like I think each one of us have kind of came to our own realization. Like you say, like it wasn't. Like, oh, yeah, that's a better way to put it. Yeah, you. I wasn't telling my friends like yeah. you should leave or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Everyone came to their own realization mm-hmm. uh, at different points in their lives. And I think we all just realized, hey, I got a life to live yeah. and I got to I got to I got to do what's best uh, for me, because uh, for so many years, uh, Liz, maybe you can um, um, attest to this. But for so many years, you lived doing what was best for the church. Yeah, 100%. I did anything and everything I, I, to the detriment of my, like my very expensive college experience and everything else I did. I did for the church. I, I sacrificed my time and my efforts. I, I wanted to do an exchange program uh, with Spellman one semester. And it was like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You need to stay here. It's just so many things. Or even applying to the school I applied to. Not that it was a bad school, but I had other schools in mind, by the way. Mm. Um, so like, yeah, there's so many things that I, and I, I believed 100% that that's what God wanted me to do because I was convinced that the, the direction I was getting was God given. 
And I think that's the bigger problem. I would have like, I really did believe in God. Like I'd be like talking to him and be like, okay, this is, if you want me to do this, I will do this. And so I think that's where the hurt, where the, the most of the hurtful thing is that these people had no idea what they were doing or talking about and they were manipulating lives. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, so dangerous to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that was well said, well said. That's yeah. that's well said. These people really had no idea what they were doing, no but were what mani- were manipulating lives, and yeah. and we kind of went along for, for for the ride, which is um, which is really crazy, yeah. you know. Now that I think back on it, um, earlier you mentioned that you know the church that we were in was a very evangelical type of thing, where mm-hmm. that's an active type of worship, where there's a lot of recruitment happening mm-hmm. and you're expected to recruit people, right? Did you ever convert anyone? And if so, you know, how many, if not, how active were you in the recruitment process? This is a or, great question. Converting process, excuse me. Yeah, I think I was involved in, I, you know, it's just so funny because I don't actually know the number, but I think that for people who were like, especially like close to, I would say that would have been maybe three, like where I like met, remember meeting them, but it was never really myself on my own. who did that. I did recruit people though. And I did bring people into Bible studies. And I was one of the main people who would have these studies. Like I was the person who led them when they were trying to become uh, like to get baptized. And so because of the, you know, I like, you know, I just mentioned, I was like this, really into the Bible, but also like I was one of these people who would kind of be your next to final person that you would study with, like, or something like that. So yeah, no, I wasn't. Oh, oh, you were, you were, you were, you were the gatekeeper. You were one of the final people that had to meet. No, not the final. Oh, you were the second to last boss (laughs) in the game. Oh, snap. (laughs) (laughs) That counts. That counts. The second to the last boss. I was involved and involved, very much involved with the the conversion process. I will say I wouldn't, I wasn't great at meeting new people. I mean, I met people and they brought them, but they had sense, you know, they just didn't, I was, I was an English major. So the people I would bring, it would be few and far between. And if they came, they were more inquisitive than anything else. Like, not to say that any other major was wouldn't have done that, but I found that the ones I were bringing, they were just like, this is cool, um, interesting, you know, and they would just bounce, you know, whatever. And also, I actually met, and this is something that, especially when I was in college, I met a few people who I believed to be Christians, and they would come and say, no, I, I, I this is, I've actually, this is my conviction. I've studied this. I believe this. And I started to be like, yeah, maybe they, they seem like better Christians than me. I'm sitting there like, okay. So, you know, that, that happened a few times to me too, but. but and and was, it was impossible. It was impossible to think that they were Christians because it's like, but you're not a member of my church. How right. can you be a Christian? You, you need to still, I need to still get you to do these Bible studies so you can really, really. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was, it was weird, but no, I was, I was very much, I would say like in the conversion process, I was very involved. I was one of these people, like I said, I would take, I had a part-time job, a full-time student. And I also spent many hours studying the Bible with people, many. So, yeah. yeah, you were definitely yeah. a, a level four on the commitment side. Um, <laughs> may, may I ask what yeah. your part-time job was at the time? Yeah, I was, um, I well, I did a couple of things, but I was a, mainly a, a supplemental instructor, like a teaching assistant. You, you mentioned how 9-11 really was a turning point for you in mm-hmm. terms of you starting to question the organization, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And you you also mentioned that 2003 is when you finally left nine years mm-hmm. after your conversion. And that's a that's a that's a pretty long time because you're really going from adolescence into mm-hmm. adulthood well into excuse me well into adulthood right mm-hmm. and you've always struck me as a very mature person so you were probably a lot more mature beyond your years even as a 14 year old so it's I, I would assume it's safe to say even as a 23 year old you were probably even more mature than most 23 year olds because I definitely wasn't mature at 23 so mm-hmm. at that moment what what do you think was the the final straw the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. Like mm. what made you decide to say, you know what? Yeah. I've had enough. Yeah. I mean, I will say that, um, that the, the letter that went out was, was a trigger for me. Um, because it, it just was, it resonated, right. It, 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 all the things that were captured were real. Like I had seen them firsthand and, and also there was other like leaders, like, you know, we had a program called chemical recovery and what was that? What was it? We had a program called chemical recovery or whatever it was. I yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. So I, I used to go as a sponsor, like, as, or whatever the term is with someone who, who needed to go. Um, I didn't have any an addiction, but I, you know, I would go with other people. And this, this was our version of AA. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, the head of that, the person who started that, like he had a, and I knew, and he was one of the people that I remember from when I was first, like a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I remember he also had a, started to have a problem or left or something like that. And that was profound for me because he was, he was one of the like, kind of like, yeah, he wasn't perfect, but you know, people really trusted him. He, yeah. he was, he was an elder figure. He wasn't an elder right. in the church, but he was. He was, yeah. I, I know who you're talking about. We're not going to say yes. his name yeah. out of respect mm-hmm. for, uh, for his privacy, but I, I do remember yeah. what you're talking about. This guy was a father figure, yeah. an elder figure like person in the church who was well-respected, well-renowned within our community. And then yeah. one day he left. Go on. Yeah. So that it was, you know, it was one of those things. And I, I think also, so all of that was happening around the same time, but the, the, the thing, aspects of the letter that I think I remember because I don't, I haven't read it in a very long time. Was it was just speaking to the the realities of things, right? Like we we have major flaws in this church, and they weren't being addressed, and people's lives were were being really affected by this. And I remember that I was miserable. I also that that was actually really apparent to me. I think I had suddenly started to realize that I was really unhappy. And by the time that I left, I could not go to church without feeling like I needed, wanted to cry. And I was like, I can't go. I cannot go. Like I, this is, I'm up, you know, I can't, I can't. And actually when I looked back on it, like even in my freshman year, when I, with this extremely shy person that I was going into this big city, I had that similar feeling. Like I didn't want to, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I, I, I want to cry. This is overwhelming for me. And you know, after a while, you know, uh, you know, people talk about this, this kind of like you, you take it on and carry it and it's not, it's not good for you. That wasn't good for me. The whole thing I was talking about, we're feeling shameful because you're shy and, and introverted and, you know, you feel like there's something so wrong with you because you, you, you don't act and behave like other people do. It wasn't just that it was, it was everything. I just didn't know why I was doing what I was doing. I remember going into you know, I was recruited into some leadership circles, but not all because of that. I didn't have that full presence, mm-hmm. um, strong presence. And some 
leadership meetings I went to at like really ritzy houses, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there's yeah, that. And, then, and, and then there's that. <laughs> yeah. And then I was asked, I asked questions like, I don't know, like, why can't we, you know, think about this differently? Or isn't that maybe something But the, the questions that I probably always had, but I started to ask them. And it just was like, people just looked at me like, okay, like, what, what are you talking about? Like not acknowledging that there was like a shift, which everyone could tell was that there was a shift in the, in the, in the congregation. Everyone noticed it. And I know I'm speaking vaguely because honestly, some of it's a blur and some of it is, is, is top of mind, but it's more so like everyone knew or was starting to acknowledge that our leaders were flawed and many people had been hurt by them and it, was, it wasn't good. And hurt by them as in emotional, mental, mostly. Now, I'm not saying that there were other things happening, maybe there were, but I, mostly it's this emotional and mental uh, impact on our lives. And it really had an impact on lives, not just like on a, I feel sad today, but more so like your whole self-worth was wrapped up in this and in yes, what people thought of you and were telling you. And they didn't know what they were talking. They really, it was really dangerous. They did not know how to lead people or how to counsel people or how to tell people. They were giving people life guidances, things on like who to marry, where to live, what job to take. And not what school to go to. What school to go to and none of that is is okay really really and truly um and especially when you don't have no idea what you're talking about and you don't even know the person well enough to do that and you don't you shouldn't do that honestly well why who who are we to do that like you cannot and i actually had regrets as well because by the time i was getting ready to leave i had i was discipling people and I don't know if I said something hurtful to them. I, you know, I, I apologize to, I, I like did a blanket apology. Like, I hope I didn't say something hurtful to you, but it's possible that I did, you know, realizing that, you know, you were being told to be, I forget what the term is, you know, be firm and to show them scripture. And sometimes people really needed something else, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the realities of it. And when it comes to mental health, 100%, I started to go see a counselor that was recommended to me um, from church and I went to talk to him and he, he, the first two times were okay. I told him I was really sad and I was crying. And then, it, you know, I think the third or fourth time he was like, are you going to go back to church? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So this is what this is about. I realized. And I, I, then it left, but the rest of my life is me trying to make sense of my mental health after that. So, you know, I, I realized like those, those things, like you're dealing with people, you have no idea what's going on with them. Like I had no idea what was wrong with me or going on with me uh, beyond this, this, that life. And I was, I think I was somewhat protected in a way because I know people who, who had worse experiences, um, but I knew that I needed to go. I knew I couldn't bear it. Like I couldn't bear it. I was like really like crying, like literally every time I would step foot inside that environment. And to this day, I cannot. I you remember cannot, I you it. cannot walk back in there. Oh no. Mm -mm. Uh you you mentioned mental health, right? Mm -hmm. You you were you were talking about it prior to, and then you 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 actually said the word and underlined it. And I was gonna ask you a question about mental health, but I think you answered it beautifully without having to have been asked. But the church was really irresponsible with mental health. And and I also want to say that this was also during a time when you know mental health was not a popular topic. 
right? Like it wasn't really spoken about. However, however, this was a group of people that were proclaiming to do things in your best interest, which included mental health. And they purposely neglected that. Yeah. They purposely neglected that. There was a, a slew of people who, who leaving this church are damaged. Yeah. Right. They're, they're, they're damaged. I mean, the lack of seriousness that they took with who people are as individuals, I think is really the, the biggest thing is, is really mm-hmm. the biggest thing, but you know, that's a, that's a whole nother conversation. Now, Earlier, you mentioned you weren't comfortable using the word cult. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit that at some point I was like that, too. And Mm -hmm. depending on the day, I might go back and forth with that term. Right. What do you think about our church, though, that could make it either cult or cult like Dr. Melton before she used the term uh, pseudo cult? Right. I have to hang. I have to hang out with Dr. Melton more. Her vocabulary. Her vocabulary is amazing. But anyway, so what would you, you know, how would you, what about it would, 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 would give it that, would give someone that perception? Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, it's, it's, I don't know. If you look at any other of these like cold documentaries, it it kind of, for me, it's still fascinating because I, I, I not, I don't do it on purpose, but I, when I watch them, I'm just like, oh, there's so many similarities. Like you really, yep. really see that. Yep. And um, I don't know. I can't, don't claim to know everything about a cult. And maybe it was pseudo cult, cult or I say cultish, you know what I mean? But there were times, especially, I mean, obviously there, there have been changes in this church. And that's also why I have maybe that, that barrier to saying it because, or maybe from what I understand, I don't know, because I don't go, but because of the people I've, they were like, oh, we've, we've gotten rid of this and we've gotten rid of that or whatever. And so they've admitted some wrongs or whatever. Um, but I, but uh, a cult, I, I would say a cult is one that there, there's a sense of mind control, like straight up. And also um, the, the, you know, kind of keeping you away from the people that you're, you're used to, your family, your friends, mm-hmm. and, um, and then feel, and then feeling like you have, this obligation to this group more than anything else in your life. Um, yeah, there's, there's a control of your life that happens and that's cultish that that's, yeah. you know, and yes, one will say like, if you're really passionate about something, it almost becomes cultish. Like you can say that about anything like work or whatever, but it, it was very, very organized and, and structured and, but, but there was a, like a similarity about how we all spoke. Like there's just so many things that like, you know, our vocabulary, our, our personalities, we were all modeling after certain personality types. Those things are cultish for sure. Like yeah, we, we had our own culture, our own culture for sure. Yeah. Our own culture for sure. And I, I guess the last question I want to ask you, uh, Liz, is this is a generic question, but I think it's an important one. What's life like for you now? Are you good? Mm-hmm. Are, are yeah. you not good? Are you are you happy where you are at this stage mm-hmm. in life? Yeah, yeah, I am. I, I will say, you know, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I, I, I'm not perfect or anything like that. I, I've had to do a lot of work, a lot of self-discovery, a lot of therapy. Yeah. Um, not just, you know, even to understand who I, who I was as a person. It's one of the first things I did when I left was to try to figure out who I was. Um, I went overseas and I did all sorts of stuff, but I, I really was on that class because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I believed. I didn't, 
know how to make decisions. I would always hear someone else's thinking in my head and that scared me for a long time. Um, so yeah, I think now the reason I ask, I'm sorry. The reason I ask is because, you know, you've always, they've always told us, man, if you leave this church, life is going to be, oh. <laughs> life is going to be bad. Well, yeah. Liz, we, we, we thank you so much for the candid conversation. Um, well, we, we, well, I, I'm saying we, but I know for, for me, I know I loved how candid you were and, and I love how you explained everything uh, just from your perspective. And I think that's a brave thing to do. I think it's a necessary thing to do. And I hope that it's brought you some healing as well as might help some others that are listening who experience the same thing, bring, bring them some healing too. So we, uh, yeah. we, we thank you. We thank you very, very much. Thank you. I really appreciate that you're doing this. I think it's it's great to do. I think it's needed. And I, I 100% support you in this. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Next time on The Reclamation. You were lucky enough to see things from a different view and leave. How would you have been had you have stayed all these years? You know what the funny thing is? Mm-hmm. As much as I like to call it a cult now. Right. If I was given an opportunity to do it all over again, yeah, I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs>